Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. How do you cope when your world is turned upside down? It seems Jesus encountered people who lived in a turned around state of understanding. What did He do? He brought them truth and love. This episode will be the first in a several episode series on chapter 5 through 7 in the book of Matthew. Today we begin with the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Enjoy this episode as it introduces the heart behind this teaching as it relates to current events we are all experiencing. So first, you know, it's no secret. Everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, everywhere we are, people are in the minimum, uh, frustrated, uh, maybe in the maximum, terrified or angry. But at least we spend some part of our days confused and a little bit bewildered. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, that, that sort of describes the state of affairs for people who physically live, physically and emotionally live in, in poverty. And, uh, and it describes the, the general state of affairs of people who live spiritually separated from the living God. Um, we generally are carried along by our emotion, emotions, which are often dictated to us by our circumstances. And so God steps into our reality. Um, God the Son is clothed in flesh, 100% man, 100% God, fully man, fully God. And what would God say to us experiencing our reality? And so in this context where we are, I was praying, I was praying, God, what do we begin to say to unfold some of the things that we're presently facing um, and to give some confidence to the people of God, to point the people of God to the full cross, to the empty tomb, to the reigning Savior, to Christ crucified, high and lifted up. What do I begin to do just to put the people of God's mind on the things of God and as I prayed, I, it just came. It, I feel like it was an immediate answer to prayer. Uh, well, I should say within a few minutes. Uh, the guy you know, put it on my heart. What did Jesus do? But he walked around in his earthly ministry, uh, dealing with confused, angry, broken, misled uh, people. And uh, what did he do? He acted with power and taught with wisdom. And so... Um, I, I says, wow, okay, so I'll just teach all the Gospels. <laughs> yeah, give me four Wednesday nights. I'll teach you all the Gospels, right? No, I said, where where could I typify the teaching of Jesus? And I remembered, I remembered one time having this dawning realization about the structure of the Sermon on the Mount. And it was, it was in some class I was taking it. You know, honestly, I can't remember. It might have been hermeneutics with Dr. Aiken. I, I honestly cannot remember, but I had this dawning realization that um, in in Matthew chapter four, verse twenty three, you know, it it says, and and he went about all around you know Galilee, uh, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the uh, the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity of the people, and then. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, you get almost verbatim the same statement. And so I began to just really look at 
everything between these two statements and it became uh, blaringly noticeable that it seems the Sermon on the Mount typifies the teaching ministry of Jesus. So chapters five through seven seem to typify the teaching ministry of Jesus. And then chapters eight and nine seem to typify the healing ministry of Jesus. And so in between these two statements that are, you know, really um, compact statements about the earthly ministry of Jesus, we have a ton of typical uh, um, earthly teaching, earthly work. Uh, the divine touching the, the, the ordinary. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? What was his ordinary line of teaching? What was his ordinary line of action? And so as, as I began to, to notice that, I says, wow, you know, I, I really think every episode that you look at in scripture would, would fall into these categories. His, his typical line of, of teaching, his typical line of, of working. And uh, it gave some clarity. And so as I looked at what could I begin to share that would be like the Lord Jesus saying, hey, I know your hearts are troubled. Okay. I know you guys' hearts are troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, don't, don't be taken away uh, by the trouble of your circumstance. Be settled by the power of your Savior. And how can we begin to get to set our minds on things, to have transformed minds that would then speak to our unsettled hearts, transformed minds set above on the thing of God with a heart whose affections are set on the things of God. And I couldn't find a more compact space than begin to unfold the Sermon on the Mount. So with that in mind, let me... Um, let me read uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and I'm using the English standard version of the scriptures, and I'll trust you to whatever copy of the scriptures the Lord has provided for you. Uh, yeah, let's read. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be, be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father, as we open your word, I pray, Father, you open our minds and give us understanding. Open our hearts and set our affections on the treasure Jesus and cause us, God, 
even in the midst of turmoil and uncertainty, to be settled people, settled in our heart and sent in this world, ready to worship you right where we are and to serve you wherever we stand. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. So let's begin to look at this stuff. I think if you were to take that general introduction I gave you, I think it'd be easy to see everywhere you look in the earthly ministry of Jesus, he went about, he went around uh, displaying his power by loving healing and loving problem solving. And he went around displaying his omniscience, his wisdom with loving teaching. So begin to look at that. Even, even in the confrontations Jesus has in the scriptures, what is the point of these confrontations? And, um, I, I think we can begin to, to look at the teachings of Jesus in a really different way. And we can, we can see the Holy Spirit begin to bring some fresh peace to our hearts. We can begin to see the Holy Spirit bring some fresh insight to our minds. So let's look at how the sermon begins. I, I think it's interesting that um, uh, the, the, he was seeing the crowds and he just begins to teach. Um, if anybody was ever interested in what that structure looked like, I, I think it was simple. Um, people probably got as close to him as they could and probably the people closest to him were closest to him <laughs> and the people that didn't know him were out on the edge. And I always, I always think that's a, that's a neat visual, you know, because it's, it's sort of like where you see Mary and Martha, you know, there's those who really desire to sit at his feet and there's those who are around the edge, you know, and what does Jesus say is the best thing? Get close, get close. And, um, I, I think it's a wonderful metaphor to us. Get close. Um, but the other aspect of this is Jesus is always talking to the disciples and whoever else is listening. Uh, he is always equipping those who are committed to following him. And he's always in the process of primarily equipping those who follow him, willingly engaging with those who are investigating whether they'll follow him. And so I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting word to us today. He begins his sermon with a bunch of, of, well, we call them beatitudes, uh, it, it really comes from the, the Latin word for, for, for blessed. All these sentences start out with, uh, blessed is this, blessed is the one, blessed, blessed. And so it really, beatitude is the Latin word that we, that we get what we nickname this passage, the beatitudes. And I've always, I've always liked how people would say you need to have a beatitude attitude or you need to have a be attitude, you know, a be blessed attitude. And, and that's a word to us today. You know, uh, we're going around, we're very emotionally entangled and emotionally disraught. And our emotions probably, if they don't, if they don't vacillate, they're probably oscillate, you know, uh, and, and, you know, we're blessed in Christ Jesus. We're blessed. But what's interesting here is Jesus starts out with probably what are two, if not three, very radical ideas about what it means to be blessed. Radical idea number one is, is that Jesus's idea of being blessed is not wrapped up in, um, in temporal results. Um, Jesus' idea of being blessed is not centered on 
physical comfort. Jesus's idea of being blessed is a heavenly definition with a heavenly end, not a earthly definition with an earthly end. Let me see if I can unfold that uh, in a in a short way. First, I want us to look at at Matthew chapter five, verse number three, and then what I believe is its is its tandem. Look at verse three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You notice that theirs is. If you're poor in spirit, if you know that you don't have within you everything you need to have peace with God, if you know that there is a lack in you, all right, happy is the one who knows they need help, you might say. Timbo's paraphrase. Happy is the one who knows that they need God, for theirs is the kingdom. I'm going to come back to that, but I want to go down to verse 10 and point something out. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want you to notice, you're going to see it blatantly as we unfold this. These are present tense issues, okay? Blessed is, uh, blessed are those for this is. Blessed are those for this is. Both three and 10 say, blessed is that one who knows they have a lack within themselves they cannot answer. Right, because that's the person who is open for God to take over their life. So, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs present tense is the kingdom of God. They're there. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It's very interesting to me how this unfolds. Uh, there, there, there are a couple things where Jesus reorients our idea on being blessed. He doesn't say. Um, blessed is the one who has every, everything they want. Blessed is the one who is comfort. Blessed is the one comfortable. Excuse me. Blessed is the one who is comfortable. He doesn't say blessed are those who are at ease. Blessed is, are the ones who have all the toilet paper they want. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't put any of this, this like this at all. He says, blessed is the one who knows that they are poor within themselves and need God for they got him. They're in the kingdom. Blessed are those who, in being in the kingdom, don't refuse the master of the kingdom. And because they don't refuse the master of the kingdom, it cost them something in this life for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I mean, do you see that? Blessed is the one who needs God and in needing God holds on to God and in holding on to God is persecuted for holding on to God. Those people have the kingdom right now. Do do you notice that in verses three and 10? The other ones talk about a present experience, but a future reward. These talk about a present, verses three and 10 talk about a present experience and a present reality. And notice that because there's two things that needs to happen to us as we read this. Number one, number one, our idea of what it means to be blessed needs to be challenged. And number two, our expectations of being in the kingdom need to be challenged. And as these ideas are challenged and as we're settled in on the real reality of walking with God, we begin to have a righted expectation that changes how we engage with with the world and it changes how we feel about things. 
that is where we will end it for today. We hope you enjoyed a taste of what is to come as we study the Sermon on the Mount. Hi friends, Tim Bowes here. Did you guys know that Light Steps Live is a listener-supported podcast? Did you guys know that when we began to even talk about this among some friends in our community, that all the equipment and the original donations were given by people that I serve with at My Life Matters or in my local church because they wanted to get behind this important project. So for six months, we've been living off of those original six donors. We recently received donations from two listeners, and that really encouraged us. It would be fantastic to add to those numbers. We'd like to increase our days and episodes of production. We'd like to invest in some other equipment. We'd like the opportunity to broaden the scale of who we're getting these podcasts out to. But let's be frank, to do that, we need support. I encourage you to consider this, pray about it. And if the Lord leads, go to our website, lightsteps.live, to contact us for questions or to make a donation. And while you're visiting our website, check out the Lightsteps blog for a short, daily, written devotional. We look forward to continue bringing the word to people as they do their chores around the house or on their drive to work. We believe that God desires to do a great work through his word, and we simply want to be a part of what God is doing. Thanks for considering this. The gift that all of you can give us is the gift of prayer. If you would, stop right now and pray for us in this important ministry of the word. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. <laughs>